Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Anthony Greco from Calgary Life Church. Anthony and his wife, Madeline, shared the gospel in over 40 nations around the world before starting Calgary Life Church here in Canada. Together, their infectious love for people attracts men and women from all walks and nationalities, even the younger generations. You can watch Calgary Life Church TV Tuesdays at 12.30 p.m. or Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. And now, Anthony Greco will encourage you with a timely Easter message about how God's love is stronger than death. He doesn't bury dead things. He resurrects them. Let's dive into the message. Mark 16, first seven verses. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought, spice, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone of the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. Come on, somebody needs to just take a praise break right there. Okay, we need more training. All right, see the place where you laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him, as he said to you. You know, those two words, and Peter. Go tell the disciples, oh yeah, and Peter. And I'm so, I, I read that, and I begin to wonder, why did it spend, why not about and Thomas, or and James, or and John, or, I mean, John was the beloved. He was the one that had his, che- his, his head resting on Jesus' chest when they were having the Last Supper, but instead he says, no, and Peter, but Peter's the one that betrayed Jesus three times. And you know, here's the one that had this huge failure in life, and today I want to talk about what do we do with our failures? How do we deal with these, these traumatic disappointments that we seem to often interpret that as saying, well, I just kind of excluded myself from what God wanted for my life. I really screwed it up big time. There's no coming back. I don't think that God ever had written Peter off, but how many know that Peter wrote Peter off? And so sometimes you and I, we go through things in life where, you know what, we know better. We should have did better, but we have these things, these experiences, these failures, these depressions, these, 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 these circumstances, and we count ourselves out. We think, I'm not worthy to be loved. I'm not worthy for God to use me. I'm not good enough for church. I don't belong here. I don't fit in. We have all this stuff going on, but I love what the angel said to Mary and to the women, go and tell his disciples and especially especially Peter. I hope today that somebody is going to hear God speak to them to know that he has not forgotten you. He's not written you off. He's not counted you out. doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus loves you and has got a plan for you. Are you following me now? All right. So who is this Peter? Peter's like a lot of us. You know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, the, the scriptures refer to him as Simon Peter. 
His name was Simon. That word literally in the original language means like a reed, bendable, go with the flow, you know. And uh, Peter, as you know, means rock, comes from the Greek word Petra or Petros, where we get the, you know, the, 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 you know uh, the, the definition is rock. And so Jesus changed his name, saw him that he was, you know, like a reed, bendable, go with the flow, easily intimidated, easily swayed. And he looked at him and he spoke a word of faith and he said, maybe that's who you've been in the past, but I'm calling you Peter. I'm going to call you Rocky. You don't need to marry Adrian, but I'm going to call you Rocky. Adrian, I'm going to call you, I'm going to call you rock, man, because that's what I see in you and that's what I'm going to make you to become. So let's look at this passage, Matthew 16, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is great, because you, you have to be able to read the scriptures, you know, with a little bit of, you've got to take your religious glasses off when you read scriptures, and you just got to, you've got to see the humor in the scripture, in the, in the way that it's written. So Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi, and he says to them, and uh, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Like he gives them the hint. It's the messianic term. Who do people say that I, the son of man, am? And the disciples were like, oh, yeah, well, uh, hmm. Oh, yeah. Some say John the Baptist and uh, Elijah. Some are saying Elijah and others Jeremiah or maybe one of the prophets. Like they didn't quite get it. So then Jesus looks at them and says, okay, but who do you say that I am? am, hoping that one of them would clue in. But finally, Peter, he jumps up and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and, but, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. And I also say that you are Peter. He's changing his name right there. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You know, it, it's, it, how many know you need to have a revelation of Jesus? It's not something that flesh and blood figures out. It's not something about the process of how smart you are. It is a gift from God. And so I could just see Peter. I mean, he just God commended, affirmed by Jesus in front of all the other guys. And he's like, I'm flowing in revelation. I got me some revelation. So James, John, the beloved, uh, Holy Ghost been talking to you lately? Didn't think so, but I got it. I'm the man. He's feeling pretty good about himself. Nobody, he wasn't talking to you. He wasn't talking to you. Wasn't talking to you. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. And you, 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 but I got it. I could just see Peter feeling really confident about himself. You know, I got, I'm flowing in revelation, me and the Holy Ghost. And then, then, uh, then Jesus goes on and says, yeah, and you know what? He says, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'll be turned over to the, you know, the, into the religious leaders and the Romans, and I'll be crucified, and they're going to torture me and, and pluck out my beard and spit in my face. And then Peter, right away, feeling really good about himself because he's flowing in revelation, he says, he says, no, 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 no. In verse 22, Peter took him aside, began to rebuke Jesus, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And look at Jesus' response. And he said to Peter, and he turned, and he said to Peter, in front of everybody, this is the same chapter, this is like 30 seconds later, and Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. How many know you can have a revelation of Jesus, but not be in a relationship with Jesus? 
And Peter didn't quite get it, you know. And the Bible calls him Simon Peter. Simon Peter. It doesn't just call him Simon or Peter. It calls him Simon Peter. Why is that? Because he's human like the rest of us. He's got that, that bendable, weak, flimsy, unreliable human nature. But he's also got the rock potential that Jesus' word will build on the inside of him. And I think every one of us could really identify with that. Come on. It's like we got the lower nature and the higher nature. There's things that we really wish that we would do, but we don't do. And there's things we just wish we wouldn't do. And why do we do that all the time, right? I have that experience every time I drive down Deerfoot. My goodness gracious. Lord, deliver, who shall deliver me from this? I need a Bugatti is what I need. That would be an amazing thing. Or a tank. But you know, we're always battling this thing. We're always battling this, the, these, these two tensions on the inside of us. And you know, the, the higher nature and the lower nature. The divine nature and the flesh nature. And, and, and then Peter was just like that. And so we, we see Peter vacillating back and forth from obeying God and expressing his in, intention that Jesus, he says, everyone here can abandon you and reject you and deny you, but not me. If it means to go to the death, I'll even go to the death with you is what he said. You know, in Luke chapter 22, verse 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. See, I, I, I love that promise there. Jesus knew full well that Peter was just, you know, blowing smoke. He was just full of hot air. He knew that he was going to betray him three times. But he says to him, he says, but when you return to me, and he says, I, he says when, when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. In other words, out of your greatest failure, I'm going to do something so powerful that you're going to be a strength to the person beside you. You know what? How many of you know that God never counts out your failures? God never counts out your, your, your disasters in your past. But if you will follow Jesus, if you will come to him, what will Jesus do? He will use that to be a strength to somebody else and a strength for you in your life. Come on, God can handle your problems. God can handle your doubts. God can handle your fears. He can even handle your failures. If he rose up from the grave, he can give you a new, a new possibility and a new purpose for your life. Come on, somebody ought to give him a shout. You know, and I, think we, and I think that's the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of Jesus that the church so desperately needs to capture. And if, you, and, and if you don't represent his heart, you're not authorized to bear his name. And please don't falsely represent God by using the name of Jesus when you're counting people out and disqualifying them on the basis of their behavior. Because the Jesus that I know, who's risen from the dead, he will take someone's failure and redeem it and use it to be a great strength in their life. Come on, somebody! Can we give him a five-second praise break? Lift your hands and praise him. Come on, for five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. All right. You know, people can go to church but never become the church. People can attend services but never serve. And I'm not, not talking just about ushering, about hosting or ushering or, 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 or serving in kids. I'm talking about being the church outside these walls. This is the message that needs to be proclaimed on our streets, in our workplace. It's going to hear a good amen. So at the, the night of the betrayal, right? So Jesus just tells me, he says, look, Peter. He says, uh, yeah, but, you, but he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times and, that, and that, that, that you even know me. So, you know, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Wasn't that powerful when Ben was sharing about, you know, one of the traditional passages that Jesus would have quoted that they would have sang as they went from the, from the Passover meal to the Gethsemane where he was about to be arrested was, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. 
tell you, that's faith, man, going to the cross. But he was going to be glad in it because it concerns you and I. Amen. So what happens is they're, they're, all, they're, they're in Gethsemane, and you know Judas, you know he betrays Jesus with a kiss. Peter, he pulls out that sword, and he just sees, you know, Malchus, the servant of the high priest, and he, I mean, where was Peter aiming, but he chopped off an ear. You know that he was trying to split his coconut in two. I mean, he went right after him and chopped off his ear, and then he's like, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Immediately then, uh, they all fled, and Peter included, they all fled as they arrested Jesus. But look at, look at Matthew 26, verse 58. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. And he went in and he sat with the servants to see the end. Let me ask you a question. Personally, are you following Jesus at a distance just to see what's going to happen? Maybe you're just like, well, I don't know about this whole church business. I think I'll just... Connect group, eh, alpha, mm, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just follow at a distance and see what happens. And see, that was the beginning of Peter's failure, was that he watched from a distance. He just wanted to have a little bit of a safe ground. One of the other things where, you know, and that's just a setup. If you find yourself doing that, just waiting around to see if something's going to happen and wonder if it's going to work out, sometimes you just got to throw your hat in the ring and jump in and just put two feet. It's like I watch how when Madeline and I, when we go to the, the lake or the ocean or a pool, you know, um, I, I, her family is like, and you know, and she's like, she goes in there and she slowly just works in and slowly gets used to the cold. And I just, to me, that is torture. Like draw, like, draw it out as long as you can. Like, especially when the cold water gets to your armpits or, you know, it's like, ah! You know, I've, I would rather get it over in one shot. How many are like me? How many are just going to jump in? Like, just, yeah, that's what I got to do. I, I can't, I will chicken out if I have to do it the other way. And sometimes when it comes to your faith in Christ, you just got to jump in. And, and uh, when you get in, you realize, oh, this was amazing. What was I afraid of anyway? Like what you hear? Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers. You'll get to listen to Anthony Greco, Joyce Meyer, Brian Houston, and so many more. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. Now, let's get back to the message. One of the other reasons why... Why, why Peter, what led to Peter's failure, his downfall, was he overestimated his strength. Listen to his boasting. These guys can all fail you, Jesus, but not me. I'll never do it. He was overconfident in his own strength. He was trusting too much in his own ability. And listen to what 1 Corinthians says in uh, chapter 10, verse 12 in the Message Bible. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. And you know, so often we try to live the Christian life in our own strength, in our own goodness. And we think that our own, you know, how often we pray and how much we pray and how intense we pray. Somehow that brings us into right relationship with God. And we trust in our own ability trying to live the Jesus life or trying to live what, how we should live. But listen, when we, self-confidence is, is not the foundation that we should live out of. We should live out of God-confidence, out of that life of Christ on the inside of us. Because the fact is this, and Peter was saying, no, I, I'll never fall. I'll, I'll never deny you. And the very thing that he's promised that he 
wouldn't do is the very thing he did. How many have ever had an apple out of that bag? Come on. You say, I'll never be like my parents. I'll never be like my father. I'll never be like my mother. And you know what? The fruit doesn't fall very far from the tree. Isn't that true? All of a sudden, you look, you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, I'm my dad, you know. And that can be for the good or for the bad. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not airing dirty laundry on my dad. Vince is an awesome man, all right? But I'm just talking about some of the things that we say. And so given the right situation, you know what? I'm capable of absolutely anything. Stupid. Everyone's only one decision away from stupid. And if you don't believe that, you are one decision away from stupid. <laughs> Given the right situations, you or me, we can make a mess of our life, especially if we're just trusting in our own strength and our own ability and our own willpower because like Simon Peter, we got this bend in us. We got this foible in our steel that's going to come out at the wrong moment when we're pressed the wrong way. And, but listen, I want you to know, even if you've gone the wrong way, made the wrong choice, I want you to know that God does not, re- he does not confuse the man with a moment and that moment that you had doesn't have to determine your destiny because Jesus is bigger than your failure. The second thing, well, the third thing that really caused Peter to, you know, to, uh, to, to, to fall, to, to deny Christ and to, and to get into the funk that he got into was that he, he was afraid of, of uh, the disapproval of others. Right? Every time you make a decision based on what other people think, you are sowing the seeds for failure in your life. When you become a people pleaser, you become a coward. Let me ask you this, whose opinion matters to you more than God's? How, uh, you know, I'd give my life to Christ, but my neighborhood, <laughs> my, you know, listen, you know, when you let anybody else be more important than God in your life, you've made that person an idol. You know, you've made them your God, and that's a setup for failure. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. You can be snared by the fear of man. So here's Peter, he's distancing himself now, he's doesn't, he's, but he's watching because he wants to see what's going to happen to Jesus, so he sneaks in and he can see he's within eye, maybe he's just from here to the back of the auditorium in distance, and he can see Jesus is being beaten and tortured and spit upon, and he's, he's warming himself by the fire, and he's watching to see what's going to happen, and this little girl comes up to him and says, hey, I think I recognize you. He's like, shut up, little girl, shut up, little girl, and she's like, no, you got an accent, I know where, you're from Galilee, shut up, I think did you hear that? Your mama's calling you. Get out of here before you get a plate of smack. Now get out, get out, little girl. He, get, he caves. Not because a soldier's there with a spear. Are you one of Jesus' disciples? But because of a little girl is asking him if he knew. He said, I don't know that. And then finally, the third time when he denies Jesus. The rooster crows and Jesus, from his midst of his beating, looks up and looks at Peter, makes eye contact, and Peter, realizing what he's done, he caves. He went out and he wept bitterly. You know, he wept bitterly. Could you imagine every time between that moment to the resurrection morning and about two weeks later, every time he heard a rooster crow, it was a reminder, you denied Jesus to his face. What a horrible experience. I could just imagine him living in regret. Even after the resurrection, we're going to get into the final story here. We're going to bring this into a landing. Even after the resurrection of Jesus, you find Peter saying, I'm going to go fishing. It wasn't because he was like, I'm going to go sport fishing. He's like, I'm going to go catch me a trout. Yeah. For him to say, I'm going to go fishing, 
is really Jesus, as Peter saying, I don't know if, I don't know if I can ever overcome this. I denied Jesus three times. He looked at me in the eyes. And now that he's risen from the dead, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know if I can go forward to this anymore. I think, I don't know if I can forgive myself. I don't know if I can ever overcome. And so he was about to allow his greatest failure become the defining point and the determining factor of the rest of his life. Do you got something like that in your closet? Do you have something like that in your history? Is there something like that in your memory when you lay awake at night? Is there something that happened to you that somehow you think that even though Jesus is raised from the dead, I don't know if I can continue. I don't know if I could ever be whatever I imagined my life to be. Maybe you think that's like a game changer. It just ended the plan. So here's Peter says, I'm going fishing, guys. I'm not feeling well. I'm going to go back. I tried this Jesus thing. I put my hopes in the Messiah. I said to his face that I would never deny him. And on that night, I followed him from afar. I, I, I denied in front of a little girl three times. And Jesus looked at me. So Peter's not well. He's depressed, man. Traumatized, broken, defeated, wrestling with his failures. Christ has risen from the dead, but he still doesn't feel like... Even though the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter that God is not finished with you yet. The best is yet to come. Peter, he's like, he's crushed by it. You know, and it's not a bad thing to be crushed by things. It's not a bad thing to grieve. You grieve your failure. You don't minimize the failure. You don't pretend it didn't happen. You don't justify the failure. You don't rationalize the failure. You don't make excuses for the failure. But you feel the pain. You don't downplay it. You don't brush it off. And you let that pain, you don't rush to make yourself feel better. You let that pain have a good work. Because sometimes grieving over some of those things is a good thing. So sometimes it's time to man up and not blame anybody else and say, yeah, I did that. I failed. How come you're not shouting me down when I'm preaching really good right now? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and just give that look. He's talking to you, you know. <laughs> Unless you're married. <laughs> Don't do it. Psalm 51, 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. You know what? God's just looking for that authenticity. Jesus, I failed you big time, man. So, Jesus delayed going to heaven because it was a priority to him to make things right with Peter. Why? Catch this. If you catch only one thing, let it be this. Because he didn't want the worst day of Peter's life to be the defining day of his life. Come on, somebody. And if Jesus would do that for Peter, I'm speaking to somebody here today. Your worst day doesn't have to be the defining day for the rest of your life. So Peter, he says, so Jesus finally has enough. Peter's gone back fishing. Jesus comes on the shore. And he says, hey, little children, caught any fish? And they're like, nothing, nothing. They're mad. And so Jesus says, throw the net on the other side of the boat. 
And they did. When they did, they caught 153 fish. And all of a sudden, John says, it's the Lord. And then he write this, read the story. It's really funny because he has to know. He says, and then Peter, you know, jumped in the water because he was naked. He closed himself. You know, <laughs> they're going to talk about that all through heaven. Why did you write that in the Bible? In the Bible. You got to tell everybody I was naked. I was naked. I didn't, I didn't say that you had spinach in your teeth. I, well, I didn't put that in my epistle. I didn't blow the, you know, I, I didn't say you had a lot of ear hair coming out of your ears. I didn't, I didn't say anything to humiliate you. And you. No, but he, you had to write, I was naked. Now the whole world knows that I fish in the buff. <laughs> Jumps in, he goes there, and they all knew it was Jesus. He made a fire, and he's going to cook breakfast for them. <laughs> you know, I love breakfast. Come on, that's the best meal of the day. And so, and Peter's counting the fish, and then, you know, Jesus can just feel, okay, you know what? we got to fix this. we got to fix this. So Jesus walks up to Peter. When he's eating breakfast, and he said to him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Peter hangs his head and says, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Can you feel the pain? Because he knows what, he denied him three times, and he, he knows what Jesus is doing here. And he says to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said it to him the third time, do you love me? And Jesus said, and, and he said to, to Jesus, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying what death he would glorify God. And he spoke in this, he said to him, follow me. <laughs> I like this. Jesus says, okay, Peter, how many times you deny me? Three times. Okay. He says, let me just bring my, my, just, let me just talk to you about three times here. Do you love me? Great. Now, now we're even, okay? The, the, the score is settled, is done. Now, come on, Peter. I need you to feed and I need you to lead. I need you to take care of my flock. Come and follow me because I'm not finished with you and my love is greater than your failure. Can I hear a good amen? You see, this is, this is the key of the whole, the whole Easter weekend. At, the, at Good Friday, your old history died with Christ. But at the resurrection Sunday morning, that's where your new history begins. Come on, you're a new person in Christ. The old has been crucified, buried, done away with, its power broken. No wonder Paul said that the preaching of the gospel of the cross, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's God's power. Resurrection is God's power. It's greater than our failures. It's greater than our faults. And it can strengthen you in the weakness of your own life, in the confusion of your mind, the darkness of your heart. Double nature, let me tell you, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and all things become new. From the worst failure, you can discover the newness because he he makes all things new. He took Peter's rejection and he used it as a strength to build his church. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss an episode. You can watch more messages from Anthony Greco on Corco Plus, Miracle Channel's streaming service. Corco Plus has thousands of TV shows, movies, and ministry programs. Let me tell you about the Christian Living section. Every week, we take your favorite speakers, categorize messages by topic, and create empowering teaching playlists. You could watch a playlist on healing, peace, or prayer, for example, and hear hand-picked messages from speakers teaching on that topic. 
In one playlist, you could hear from Leon Fontaine, Joyce Meyer, Brian Houston, and so on. Go to Corco.com to sign up for your free account in three simple steps. That's C-O-R-C-O.com. There's no better place to find topic-based teaching than Corco Plus. It's Miracle Channel and more. We hope you were inspired by today's message. Be blessed.